Welcome to the first week of our worship series, It's a Wonderful Life Christmas. Today we have two readings, one from the Hebrew Scriptures and one from the New Testament. Before we turn to God's reading, let us pray together, seeking God's illuminating grace. O Lord, we pray, speak in this place and in the calming of our minds and in the longing of our hearts by the words of my lips and in the thoughts that we form. Speak, O Lord, for your servants listen. Amen. Our first reading comes from Isaiah in the second chapter, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amuz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall come forth instruction in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the 24th chapter, beginning at verse 36. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together and one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I would like to begin by asking you a question. How would you complete the sentence, life is? Think about it for a moment. Life is. I invite you to stop the video now and to to take a, a, a few moments to think about how you would answer the question. 
life is. And if there are others that are with you watching, I encourage you all to have a conversation about how you would complete the statement, life is. I'll see you in a moment. Well, welcome back. Did you or anyone complete the statement, life is, by saying life is beautiful? How about life is good? Maybe you have a t-shirt with that written on the front. Did you say life is like a box of chocolates? You never know what you're going to get. That's from the movie Forrest Gump. It was what mama always told Forrest. The the actor Danny Kaye said, life is a great big canvas. Throw all the paint you can at it. If you're a roller coaster enthusiast, did you say life is like a roller coaster? It has its ups and its downs, but it's your choice whether you scream or you enjoy the ride. Albert Einstein said, Life is like a bicycle. To keep your balance, you got to keep moving. But I want you to think a little bit this morning about what George Bailey, the character in It's a Wonderful Life, played by Jimmy Stewart, might say. How might George Bailey complete the statement, life is? I think George might say something like, Life is for living your dreams. In our video clip, George is preparing for a big venture. When George's father, Peter Bailey, asks if George might consider coming back to the Bailey Brothers building and loan after college. George tells his father, I couldn't. I couldn't face being cooped up for the rest of my life in a shabby little office. It is this business of nickels and dimes and spending all of your life trying to figure out how to save three cents on a length of pipe. I would go crazy. I want to do something big, something important. And I've been hoarding my pennies like a miser. Most of my friends have already finished college. And if I feel that I didn't get away, I would bust. That same night, George's father has a stroke, and George rushes off to be with his father. His father dies that evening, and as a result, George doesn't go that summer or any time on a big adventure. Even though he tells Mary that he knows what he's going to do tomorrow, the next day, the next year, and the year after that, As he shakes the dust of this crummy little town off his feet and sees the world. If you know the story of It's a Wonderful Life, you know George never, never goes to college either. For George, life is surprising. Life is full of twists and turns. Did you hear about the 96-year-old man who won $50 million in the lottery. When his family was notified, they called their church pastor seeking their pastor's help because they were afraid that the older man would 
would die when he heard the news. He'd have a heart attack. The pastor agreed to help. He went over to visit that elderly man and they talked for a while, first about the weather and then just life in general. And finally, the pastor asked the old man, suppose you won $50 million. How would that change your life? It wouldn't, said the man. I would still have arthritis. I would still be 96 years old. In fact, if I won $50 million, I'd probably give it all to the church. And with that, the pastor had a heart attack and died. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so good. Advent and Christmas are are seasons of surprises. As we will see in the weeks ahead, the things that God was up to on the very first Christmas seemed to take most of humanity by surprise. Unfortunately, it's still too often that way. But now is the time to get ready, to prepare room, to come and to see For the one that God sent, the one who was and is and is to come, is both here and is coming. Because of this, there's another life is sentence that I would like to share with you and I would like you to hold on to in faith. The sentence is, life is not always fair. But God is working to make something beautiful in the midst of our difficulty. In the midst of life, pandemic or no pandemic, it's good to know that in the midst of the surprises and the uncertainty, God is always up to something. This is our hope. This is the hope and the truth of of Advent and Christmas. And we should all be getting ready. That's what God's trying to tell us in our scripture lessons today. It's a wonderful life. Brave it. Yes, this life is full of difficulty, but we're called to pay attention, to look and to listen and to be prepared and to be alert and to be faithful. And by the grace of God, to not only endure, but to brave it, so that we may gain the prize that Christ has prepared for you and for me. So how do we brave this sometimes difficult but wonderful life? There are three things that we want to consider. First, Christ is coming, be prepared. Scripture paints a picture of of Christ's return. In verse 36 of our reading from Matthew, Jesus tells us no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Who of us is smarter than Jesus? Yet even Jesus doesn't know the date of his return. So we need to be ready. In fact, we should be in a perpetual state of preparation. The three parables that follow our reading in chapter 
25 of Matthew's gospel illustrate what Jesus is trying to teach in chapter 24. The first parable that Jesus tells us at the beginning of chapter 25 is the parable of ten bridesmaids, five wise and five foolish. It's the story of the bridegroom coming to claim his bride. It's a wedding. And a Middle Eastern wedding was filled with anticipation and surprise. Unlike Western weddings, which are mostly about the bride, in the Middle East, it's mostly about the groom. The groom comes to claim his bride and sweep her away to a week of festivities. These brides with oil in their lamps were prepared to wait. They were prepared to anticipate. While God is on time every time, God doesn't always operate on our time. And Jesus is trying to tell you and me to be prepared by living wisely. He tells us, don't be so engrossed with eating and drinking that the flame of your spiritual life flickers and fades. Keep oil in your lamp. Keep burning for the Lord, however long it takes the Lord to come. Let us be prepared to receive the blessing that is certainly coming our way. We don't want to miss them. The second thing that we need to be doing to brave life is to remember that Christ is coming and we're called to be faithful. However long it takes, let us wait in faith, using the grace that God gives us to live holy and faithful lives. We read this morning, two men were in the field. One was taken, the other left. Two women were grinding with a handmill. One was taken, the other was left. Jesus puts ordinary people to do doing ordinary things. The story is told that Francis of Assisi was hoeing in his garden one day when a philosopher friend came by and asked the question, what would you do if you learned that you would die today before the sun sets? Do you have an answer to that question? Well, Francis reflected for a moment and replied, I would finish hoeing my garden. I would be faithful with what I'm doing now. Diedrich Bonhoeffer was asked by critics in Germany during the 1940s about his anti-Nazi stance. Why do you expose yourself to all this danger, he was asked. Jesus will return one day. And all your work and suffering will be for nothing. Bonhoeffer said, If Jesus returns tomorrow, then tomorrow I will rest from my labors. But today I have work to do. I must continue the struggle until I am finished. John Wesley was asked one day, What would you do? If the Lord was coming tomorrow, Wesley answered, I would get a good night's sleep and wake up in the morning and go on with my work 
for I would want him to find me doing what he has appointed me to do. The second parable that Jesus tells following his re- this, our reading today is the parable of the talents. A man planning a journey calls his servants together and he entrusted his property to them. To one servant, he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, each according to their ability. The five-talent man put his money to work and he made five more talents. The two-talent man gained two more talents. But the one-talent man, trying to play it safe, hid what he had. To those who used their talent to gain more talents, the master said, well done, good and faithful servants. But the man who was given one talent, who tried to guard what he had, he wound up losing everything he had been given. We are called to brave life and not merely to play it safe. Be faithful, for Christ is coming. The third thing for us to remember is Christ is coming, be alert. Therefore, keep watch, for God is like a thief in the night, Jesus tells us. What thief calls you up, say, at 3 a.m. in the morning and says, I'm planning to break into your house in about an hour. I hope that's going to be convenient for you. No, that doesn't happen, does it? That's not what thieves do. Thieves are elusive. They come when you least expect them and they slip away without ever knowing knowing that they've been there until it's too late. Thieves don't make appointments. They don't live by calendars or ask about when it would be convenient for them to come and to steal. They show up at unexpected places and at unanticipated times and leave without people knowing until it's far too late. It may shock us that God is compared to a thief in our reading, but we are wise to try to understand God's elusive nature. God shows up at the least expected time and places. And when you are not looking, God is liable to be there. So be alert. Open your eyes and your hearts. Be expectant. Expect to see God in and and around you. In our movie clip this day, George Bailey has not yet learned what his father Peter knew. He hasn't learned that there is blessing and hope and joy, even in the small moments of a shabby little office in a dusty old town. Now, we know this is true. Even in the difficulties of a pandemic, God's love and light is still breaking into the darkness of our lives. God is still pouring grace upon grace into our lives. We have been given a great gift. Do you know that? 
life is not only good and beautiful and surprising, it is wonderful. And you are called to brave the difficulty because, you see, God is with you. Don't miss out on any of Christ's blessings this year. But also, don't miss out on the opportunity to be a blessing to others in Jesus' name. Life is wonderful. Brave it. Amen.